Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. I don't love gadgets, so it may surprise you to learn that I lean pretty heavily on my good old Instant Pot to accomplish a whole lot of things in my homestead kitchen. In today's episode, I wanted to dive into why the Instant Pot is pretty much the only gadget that you will find in my cupboards and how you can use it to save you some time and some cash in your own kitchen. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers, the Mavericks, the Makers, the Homesteaders, the Modern Pioneers, and the Backyard Farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, this is the place for you. This episode is brought to you by Redmond's Real Salt, which is the number one salt I use in all of my homestead cooking. I've learned over the years that not all salt is created equal, and having the good stuff really does make a difference in your culinary adventures. Redmond's is mined in the good old US of A, and I love that they use sustainable practices and that it contains 60 plus trace minerals that not only make it incredibly good for you, but it tastes better too. Since I can't grow salt myself, obviously, I like to buy it in bulk since it saves me some cash and it doesn't go bad, so it's an easy thing to stock up on. Right now for the month of June, Redmond's is offering 15% off your purchase just for my podcast listeners. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash salt and use the code homestead to snag your discount. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. All right, so I feel like I need to preface this by saying I am not necessarily an instant pot super fan, which is a weird thing to say when I'm starting an episode pre or singing the praises of an instant pot. Um, but I there's a lot of things I don't use an instant pot for. Don't hate me for saying that. Um, I have never really loved what it does to like meats, roasts, or chicken. I mean, I've cooked those things in my instant pot. I just, the texture is not my favorite. It's not inedible. It's just not preferable to me. I also, believe it or not, don't cook a lot of whole meals in my instant pot. So things like soups or stews or chili, those are really common recipes for them. And if you have a recipe you love, that's awesome. But just my own weird personal preference. I I guess I'm a control freak, basically. I need to season the food as we go along. And um, it's really hard to do that in the Instant Pot because you put the lid on and it's set it and forget it, which is nice, but I also can't touch it and mess with it. And it bothers me. So there you go. I am a control freak in the kitchen. So I don't love it for those sort of meals. However, um, I still use my Instant Pot a lot. And As I've purged my kitchen cupboards over the years, I'm kind of a minimalist in the kitchen. I like to have really um, streamlined cupboards. Time and time again, I've been like, man, could I figure out how to get rid of my Instant Pot? Could I live without it? Because I'd love to clean out that space in the cabinet and use it for something else. But time and time again, I have not been able to get rid of it because I actually really use it a lot. And there's some days I'm using it every single day for something in my kitchen. So... I wanted to give you a quick list of some of the things I find it most useful for in the terms of a homestead style kitchen that's really focused on whole foods or simple foods, 
because there are a few things that I think it is pretty much a game changer for, even if you don't want to use it for full meals or baking cheesecakes or any of the other crazy things I see people do in their instant pot. Okay, so here's my list. Number one, this is hand, hands down the most important one on this list, dry beans. Man, I have not cooked dry beans in a regular pot for years since I had my Instant Pot, and I can't do beans without it. Um, so you can literally take a dry pinto bean, like the kind you get in a bag, they're dry, and you can put those dry beans right into your Instant Pot, cover the whole thing with water. You can add some salt and some seasonings if you'd like, bay leaf, garlic, whatever. You set it for 30 minutes and it's done. Well, I mean, it's a little bit more than 30 minutes when you wait for it to come to pressure and release the pressure, but you know what I mean? Let's say an hour. In an hour, you have beans that are ready to eat, that taste good, that aren't too mushy, that aren't too crunchy. It's pretty much magical because generally... When you cook dry beans the old-fashioned way in a pot, it can be done 100%. You kind of need to soak them overnight to get them ready, and then you need to boil them and boil them and boil them and boil them. And so I've always, or not always, but for a long time, I've bought dry beans versus canned beans because they're cheaper and they're better, I think. Um, But it's a process, and I had to be really, really planning ahead if I wanted to have beans for tacos or burritos or refried beans. And so the Instant Pot basically allows allows me to be lazier and more impulsive, which obviously those are traits you should nurture in your homestead skills. So I can have beans at a drop of a hat. If I know I don't have much food for lunch for the kids, I will put um, some pinto beans or some black beans in the instant pot 10 o'clock and they will be ready for the kids at lunchtime. And my kids thankfully love beans they put cheese and sour cream or they dip chips <clears throat> or they make their own quesadillas. And it's just so darn easy. And side note, I, and this could just be me. I have not noticed gastrointestinal upset <laughs> with my beans in the instant pot. Cause I know there's some advocates that are like, Oh, you got to soak your beans for overnight um, in order to help them not give you gas or make you feel weird, you know, in your stomach. And I haven't actually noticed that. I used to have those issues when I just would cook my beans a regular way, but in the instant pot, I have not noticed. Actually, I think I've noticed less gastrointestinal issues from my instant pot beans. And I don't know if that's because the pressure cooker um, breaks them down differently. Maybe that's just us and I freak of nature. And if it's not the same for everybody else, I don't know. I don't have scientific evidence on that yet, but that's my observation. So that's a extra bonus. Okay, next one on my list. This is another big one. This is a runner-up to the top space. Um, eggs. Farm fresh eggs. Hallelujah. You can make them hard-boiled. Actually, they're steamed, but I would still call them hard-boiled. In your Instant Pot, and you can peel them. And for those of you who are like, I don't know why that really matters. It matters because if you've ever had a farm fresh egg, like straight from the chicken, or even if it's only a week or two old and your friend's like, Hey, Jill, bring some deviled eggs to the party because we know you have lots of eggs and you go to traditionally hard boil them in the traditional methods with water on your stovetop. And then you try to peel them. You will say a lot of bad words because it cannot be done. (laughs) And I've tried the tricks that all the folks on the internet the people of the internet, the stuff they say, poke them with a pin, like that was a disaster. 
add salt to the water, add vinegar to the water, dunk them in cold water. You guys, I've done all of those things and I cannot get a farm fresh egg to peel without chipping the ever living daylights out of it unless I steam the egg. Now you can steam an egg on your stovetop with a steamer basket, or you can steam them in your instant pot. I don't care how you do it, but you got to try it because this is life changing information. I'm giving you today for free. You're welcome. Um, and if you want to look on my blog, I have a blog post on how to use your instant pot to steam an egg and how to use your stovetop to steam an egg. I don't know how it works. It just does. I know there's some science behind it. I didn't research it for today's episode, but it works. Um, and for an instant pot, all you have to do is put your rack in there, your little rack guy, fill up the instant pot with about a cup of water. Does not need to be submerged. Like do not submerge the eggs. They, we just need water in the bottom. You can pile as many eggs as you want. You could put five eggs in your instant pot. You could put 25. It doesn't matter. Put them in there with the water on the rack, put your lid on, set it for five minutes on manual, the manual setting. Um, let it come to pressure, let it do its five minute thing. And then you can do a quick release or you can leave them in there. And I don't, it doesn't really matter if you dunk them in cold water or if you just let them cool naturally, um, the shells will literally fall off. So it's a miracle and you have to try it. But that's one of those things that I love the instant pot for that. Okay. Number three on my list is broth. I go through a ton of broth in my cooking, chicken broth, beef broth, pork broth, all the broth. And I have made broth on my stovetop many, many years in my crock pot. You can do that as well. But the instant pot is my favorite way because it's fast. And I have noticed that I get really good gelling broth in my instant pot. And gelling broth is this thing that happens, you'll never see it in your traditional broth. I'm using air quotes right now because I don't really believe it's broth. Whatever the brown water is at the store in cartons, you will never see it gel. But with real broth from real bones, um, you, if you break down the bones or you have the right ratio of water to bones, once it cools off in your refrigerator, it kind of gets gelatinous, which is weird, but really good because it means you have more collagen. It's just really, really good for you. And don't worry, like your broth jello, once you put it in your soup or whatever, it goes back to liquid, but it's kind of the gold standard of home broth makers. Everyone's like, Ooh, did your broth gel? Ooh, good for you. And like you literally, it's so exciting. People will post it on Instagram when their broth gels. So it's, it's cool. And I've had really good luck with my broth gelling from the instant pot. Um, and it just does a great job. I set mine for a minimum of 60 minutes. Sometimes I'll go all the way up to 90. Haven't noticed a big difference, but I basically will put, if it's chicken broth, I'll take all the bones from the roast chicken we ate that night for supper. I take all the meat off, stash that for leftovers, put the bones in the instant pot. I will add an onion. I will add whatever withered up vegetables are in my refrigerator, the celery, the carrots, some garlic cloves, um, bay leaf, whatever dried herbs or fresh herbs are hanging around a generous, um, toss of sea salt and black pepper. And I fill it up all the way to the max fill line with water and let that go for 60 to 90 minutes. I will often let it cool overnight because it takes quite a while for the pressure to come down on that. And then it's ready to strain and use. It's so simple. And like I said, you can use your slow cooker for this. You can use your stovetop. 
None of these things that I'm telling you today are exclusive to the Instant Pot. You can do all of these things with your oven. Um, but the Instant Pot is just something I've really found makes li my life a whole lot easier. Okay, number four, quinoa and rice. Quinoa is a grain, has lots of protein. Um, a lot of folks will use it in cold salads. We use it probably more than anything in just for like a breakfast grain in, instead of oatmeal if we're sick of oatmeal. Um, quinoa takes, I think, about 20 minutes on the stovetop. Again, you can make it on the stovetop. I like to make it for breakfast. So what I will do, I'll put it in the Instant Pot with water. I think it's like one cup of quinoa to two cups of water is the ratio. And I, I think it's eight minutes in the Instant Pot. And I just don't have to worry about it because on the stovetop, sometimes it boils over or it boils dry if I don't have my water just right and I have to baby it with the burner and the lid. It's not hard, but it's just one less thing for me to think about when it's in the Instant Pot. It is literally foolproof. So we do quinoa in the Instant Pot a lot. Same goes for rice. You can make rice on the stovetop. I have had a bad track record with, I guess I just don't watch it enough on the stove. It, I get rice to boil over like nobody's business. And I don't have to worry about it in the Instant Pot. So if we're having rice for supper, stick it in the Instant Pot. I think it's 12 minutes on low, but don't quote me. Check your manual. And it's just simple. So I use it a lot for that. And the last thing on my list that I use my Instant Pot for a lot is squash, like your spaghetti squash, acorn squash, butternut squash. You might have to cut that up to fit it in there. Um, but you can roast your squash, which I do. But if you need squash for supper, let's say you're making one of those trendy spaghetti squash instead of pasta dishes, and you need your spaghetti squash cooked, but you forgot to get it in the oven in time, you cut it in half, you gut it, get all the seeds out of it, put it on the rack in your Instant Pot with a cup of water, and I can't remember how long to let it steam. It's like, I think it's less than 10 minutes. And it's done and it's ready. And you can go in there and have your squash, add your butter and your seasonings or whatever you need to add. And it's ready to roll. So it's just simple, right? Um, and I do that all the time. So all in all, I'm not necessarily telling you you have to run out and buy an Instant Pot to be a good homestead cook. Not at all. You could use a regular pressure cooker for any of these things or just use your stovetop. But if you have an Instant Pot already, or you are contemplating getting one, I just wanted to give you some of my best tips for using it in a homestead style kitchen. And I really think, I, I talked about this in episode 106, but part of modern homesteading, unless you're off-grid, but you know, for the rest of us who aren't off-grid, part of modern homesteading is using the tools we have at our disposal to be more efficient because most of us, don't have the luxury of spending all day in the kitchen like Ma Ingalls doing one task, right? Or maybe the laundry and the cooking and uh, the bread. We, we, we have a lot going on. So when we can't use a tool to make things a little bit more efficient, I think it's a very good thing. And that's how I think of the Instant Pot. It's just a tool to help my from scratch cooking be a little bit easier. So if you are falling in love with this idea of an old-fashioned, intentional kitchen full of nourishing food and rich memories, you will love my Heritage Kitchen Handbook. It's a little e-guide I have packed full of my very best tricks for cooking and eating like a homesteader, and you can grab it for free over at the Her Oh, I need to say the address right. www. There we go. www.heritagekitchenhandbook.com. 
And that is it for today. Don't forget to hit subscribe so all the new episodes show up automatically in your podcast player. If you have a topic in mind that you would love to hear me talk about in a future episode, please shoot it over to me over on Facebook or Instagram, and I would love to consider adding it to my list. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.